This is Sports Talk with Mark Stephen and Jock Wilson on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. He is our CFL insider. He joins us twice a week here on Sports Talk with Jock. Great to be joined by Glenn Suter from TSN for Japanese Village, Calgary's only authentic Japanese steakhouse, a unique, entertaining dining experience. Have you ever been to Japanese Village, Glenn? I keep missing it. You gotta I'm go, going, my friend. Yeah, I'm going for sure. Like okay. I, that's that's gonna happen because I I also look at my schedule. I'm in Calgary uh, again in October. I want to say a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. I, I will make sure. sure I hook you up with a couple of gift certificates. You go down and say hi to John Arasaki for me. Okay. You got it. He's a uh, good guy, and you and you will it. you will enjoy. You you take you take you know Chris out, and uh, you just have a good time there. I, that's for sure. We'll take the whole crew down. There there you go. Hey, I, I got to give you credit because on Thursday, even though you didn't come out and say it was happening, you sort of hinted that it was very close to happening. And I'm talking about the coaching change in Montreal. And, and you said, hey, it, it's got to happen sooner rather than later. And it did finally happen. Jim Pop is still hanging around as general manager, but Jacques Chapdelaine takes over. Not a surprise, uh, you know, from your perspective, I would think, Lynn. No, not a surprise in the decision. Uh, a little surprised in how it came about, though. I heard that it wasn't actually really Jim Pop's decision to step aside and okay. step back into the GM role by uh, exclusively. It was uh, Bob Wettenhall who suggested that Jim should do that. Um, that's what I heard. Also, a little bit surprised that it was Jacques Chapdelaine and not Kavis Reed. And although you can make a, uh, an argument for Chapdelaine, I thought it would be Cavis Reed because he seemed to be the advisor for uh, Jim Pop on the sideline. Whenever he's coaching in-game management decisions, you always saw Cavis Reed right beside Jim Pop. So I, f- I thought that if he was going to leave the sideline, which had to happen, you knew it had to happen, mm-hmm. and step back into that GM role, that he would want to keep that line of communication open with Cavis Reed and the one that he had had all season on the sideline. Now, the argument I can make for Chapdelaine is the side of the football that this team is struggling on is on offense. Chapdelaine, that's his area of expertise. He has had success in different teams throughout his, his coaching career in the CFL with his style of offense. Not always, but there have been big years offensively for Jacques Chapdelaine when he's running the offense. And Anthony Calvillo, although he's you know, still got a long way to go, and he's working at it, and you see some good things. He hasn't really taken the reins. So if, if he hasn't taken the reins, maybe he, this is part of this decision, Jock, is that get Chapdelaine in there. He's been a coordinator before with successful teams, successful offenses. He can maybe push Anthony Calvillo a little bit more when he's above him in the pecking order and not below him. Mm-hmm. Do you think the fact that he's bilingual, you know, played into it a little, a little bit too? I, I think the fact that he's bilingual could could help him possibly nail it down over a longer term and drop the interim tag. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure he'll be a candidate, as as many others will be in the offseason. This is an interim position right now. But if that team starts to go on a roll and they have a good defense and if they start to improve offensively and, and win a few games, maybe even scratch their way back into a playoff hunt here, then Chapdelaine moves up that list in the off season to get the job permanently. And what if what if this happens? And here here's a matzo ball just throw right out there. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, here we go. So he has history with Darian Durant. Darian Durant still hasn't, as far as I know, 
started discussions on a contract extension in Saskatchewan. Correct. Jacques Chapdelaine, who's bilingual and who probably has learned from all his other experiences coaching, you know, good and bad, has learned from them all. And he says to management, I've got our, our answer at quarterback. We bring in Durant, get him for two years, develop a young guy behind him. I'm your head coach. I know Darian Durant well. And Durant raved about Chapdelaine when they worked together. Thought his offense was outstanding. Really liked it. So I, I, I'll just throw it out there. Okay, well, I'll, I'll throw something out there as well. Is Jim Pop? truly safe because in my opinion i'm not sure he should be and and you and i threw out names earlier if you want to bring in a super boss you know if you want to really go get mark tressman back from the nfl you're gonna have to give dual roles Uh, you know if you want to if you want to try to entice john huffnagel from calgary you got to give him head coach and general manager so jim pop can't be part of the equation so i guess you know it's it's, uh, we're speculating obviously but what do you think is is jim is you know jim pop's a better general manager than he is a head coach but what has he done lately? Right, he is. Um, but he's also now all of a sudden got this reputation that he'll make a move on a coach. I mean, you think back to Tom Higgins. Now, Tom Higgins wasn't Jim Pop's hire. It was the ownership hire. And it was Pop who went along with it. And then Higgins wins a game in Vancouver where the Montreal Alouettes rarely win. And they don't have a great record at the time, but they, they you know, it's they're in the fight. And wins the game in Vancouver and basically on the flight is fired on the way back. I know, crazy. That's that's why coaches like Danny Machocha's name has come up, for instance. And guys like that, I think, are going to be weary of that. They're going to be, you know, I want to make sure that the Ducks are lined up here before I sign on for two, three years to coach this team. I think that's going to be the question. Now, that doesn't mean that Jim doesn't get back into the GM seat. They clearly define the responsibilities in the organization. And Jim is back to just hunting for talent, you know, and, and, and he hires a coach and the ownership has a, a strong arm or a strong hand and opinion in that. So I, uh, you know, I, I think it can be straightened out with, with him as the GM, but I don't think he's safe at all. I, I agree with you. I think that they're going to evaluate that as soon as the season's over. Speaking of hunting for talent with our CFL insider, Glenn Suter, the, the BC Lions, you know, added another great receiver to the mix, a Terrell Sinkfield. Um, I, I'm not sure where he fits in, but he's a talented enough player. He's going to fit in, obviously. Uh, did that did that move surprise you at all? It, it didn't. Well, it only surprised me because I hadn't been tracking Sinkfield for a while. So uh, all of a sudden his name comes up and I go, oh yeah, that's right. He was out there and available. So um, I, this is this is what's impressive to me about that uh, signing is that first of all he's a he's straight speed guy. I mean he's he's a guy that can get on top of coverage quickly and he's got tremendous speed, long strider, and another another great weapon or target for Jonathan Jennings who loves the deep ball. So you you know you've got that, but. When I listened to Sinkfield talk a little bit about why he chose the Lions, because there were other teams interested, and I'm not sure if Calgary was one of them. I don't know the list of those teams, but uh, I do know that there were uh, quite a few teams. I I was going to say more than four teams that were interested in Terrell Sinkfield, including Hamilton, his former team. And he chose the Lions because he had, and this this is paraphrasing him, he had said that, he looked at some YouTube videos of the Lions post-game celebrations when they win games, and he felt like there was real chemistry and real closeness of that locker room. So he started doing more research in that regard and calling former players that he knows and you know players on teams and saying, well, you know, what's the locker room like? What's the atmosphere like? And, and that's what motivated him more than anything, 
to sign with the BC Lions. I, you know, we talk about the importance of your your locker room chemistry, and sometimes people will say, you know, it, it's not a big deal as long as you go out and do your job and and you got enough talent, you should win games. And, and I I always say that there's not enough emphasis on that locker room chemistry where everybody believes everybody you know you don't have to necessarily really like the guy you play beside but you need to respect him and want to sacrifice for him and i i, I think that's why terrell sinkfield is a bc lion he, in not a hamilton well i shouldn't say just hamilton but that's why he chose bc that's one of the reasons he picked him well the bc lions are eight and three the winnipeg blue bombers are eight and four the calgary stampeders are ten one and one the west is really taking shape and what about the defending champions glenn we'll talk about the defending champs when we get back because uh they're in trouble you know i i think this team is probably the biggest disappointment so far this season in the canadian football league so we'll talk about the edmonton eskimos we will also open up the phone lines if you want to talk to our CFL Insider tonight. We are heading into week 14 of the Canadian Football League season. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Stamps and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as well. That is the feature game of the week. A game you're going to listen to right here on News Talk 770 at 2 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Our CFL Insider, don't forget only one number if you want to send us a text or give us a call tonight. Uh, we no longer have the 770 number. Just one number to call our text 403-974-TALK. That's 403-974-8255. If you are sending a text, please include your name as well. He's our CFL insider for Japanese Village. This is Sports Talk with Jock. You're listening to the home of the Calgary Stampeders, News Talk 770. And welcome back to the CFL Insider segment of the show on Sports Talk with Jock. Sports Talk with Jock brought to you by Cochrane Toyota. Free winter tires with the purchase of a Corolla or RAV4 with the rollback to school event only at Cochrane Toyota. Check them out, CochraneToyota.com. Very interesting, Glenn. Here we are, September the 20th. You know, still only week 14 heading into in the Canadian Football League season. Calgary Stampeders have already clinched a playoff spot. The defending champions, they're a bubble team right now. If the playoffs were to start today, they would not be part of the postseason party. There's there, there's some issues in Edmonton. I, I don't like what I'm seeing there. Good first-half team, terrible second-half team. Should Edmonton fans be concerned? Yeah, yeah, they should. And, and the Edmonton Eskimos have uh, some very important games coming up. I mean... After the loss to Saskatchewan, the way they lost, it's it's uh, it's time now. It's basically in playoff mode because they're looking at the crossover possibility, and with Winnipeg running away in the seven-game <laughs> winning streak, I you know they they have to be very desperate. Uh, you know what's surprising to me is is that team when you look at their roster, I think can compete with any team in the league, including Calgary, it, and yet. Their veteran players sometimes are guys that aren't are making mental mistakes. Like Adarius Bowman catches an out on the sideline in Saskatchewan and thinks the play is over, relaxes, and Ed Gainey takes the ball from him and goes 55 yards for a touchdown. That that doesn't happen to veteran players in an intense game. And you, I mean, Jason Moss is an intense coach. He's a he's that kind of you know just human being in general, and he wears it on his sleeve. So it can't be from him. And that's why I'm wondering, why is this team, past the midway point of the season, defending champions, making these type of mistakes at this point in the season? It's just really surprising to me. It's it's almost, uh, 
I don't want to say a discipline issue because that would go back again to the coach. I don't think it's Jason Moss. I just can't put my finger on why, and I think that's why they've been inconsistent. Yeah, they've certainly been one of the big disappointments of the uh, 2016 CFL season. Got a text from Kurt, and uh, Kurt says, Jock, can you ask Glenn, why are all the teams emptying their backfields in third-down gamble situations? Since going to this concept years ago, uh, results show distinctively that uh, more gambles have failed since going to this format than when they had a back or even two were behind the quarterback uh, any thoughts on that great question and I, I this is this is my theory in short yardage third third and one or or less or down on the goal line if if you leave your back in the backfield just one uh and spread out the rest of the receivers and if you want to go with a fullback even spread him out don't don't put him in the backfield just put him out wide uh you know three or four yards from the tackle and spread it out. Open up your your gaps a little bit, and then pick one for the quarterback if you're going to do the quarterback sneak. As a defender in short yardage, I always remember that was tougher to defend because you had to have every one of your linemen shoot those gaps properly to win. And if the quarterback just picks, you know, all he's do is slide off the center or go over the guard, and and he should be able to fall forward for that yard. But without the threat of the back in the backfield. The D-line jams it up. The linebackers snug the line of scrimmage. They get ready to dive over the top. There's no threat for them in the backfield to watch for. And the only way that they could get caught is if the quarterback bootlegs out of there and then leaves the line of scrimmage by four or four, five yards, which puts his, you know, it's, that's a high-risk move. So I, I'm the one, I, I've always said, and I think, you know, when I discuss this with Matt Dunnigan, a former quarterback, I he, he agrees that, you spread it out, have a back in the backfield. That keeps the eyes of the linebackers. They have to watch that back, and it might make them hesitate a split second. Then if you want to fake it, you want to go with an option, you've got a lot of different plays you can run. Most of the time you're going to quarterback sneak anyway, but you still have that option back there behind you. Yeah, very, very good point. Let's go to the phone lines. Ed wants to weigh in tonight. Hey, Ed, you're on the air with our CFL insider, Glenn Suter. How you doing, boys? Good. All right, biggest Winnipeg-Calgary game I can remember in, like, <laughs> 15, 20 years, maybe. Yeah, I'd say you're probably right. Uh, my head my head says that we are clearly the better team. I don't care what Winnipeg's record says. And uh, we will put the boots to them, I think, pretty clearly on Saturday. However, I will say this. If the Winnipeg Blue Bombers can find a way to defeat the Calgary Stampeders, much like the Edmonton Eskimos finally found a way to beat the Calgary Stampeders last year. That victory after Labor Day, I think, propelled Edmonton to an undefeated rest of the season and the Grey Cup championship. So it's very, uh, very iffy for Winnipeg. If they can find a way to come into Calgary and beat the best team in the league, I cannot begin to explain, I think, what that would do for their momentum. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, in order to be the best, you have to beat the best, and Calgary's the best right now. And their record says it, but their play on the field says it. They're the most balanced, and they're a well-coached team, and they've got the Tom Brady of Canadian football at quarterback. And I'm going I'm to make that that comparison because I, I believe that Bolle by Mitchell, the way he manages games, the way he he protects the football, I mean, it doesn't mean he's perfect. He does have the odd turnover, but but very, very few of them. When he needs a drive, he puts it together. He can be patient and beat you that way. He can throw the deep ball and beat you that way. So 
when you when you think about that, they are the best team. So the Bombers have to beat that team to to believe in themselves to say, okay, now we can beat any team in the league, including Calgary, and that means we can beat them in the playoffs. You know, and I and I. It is it is a mental thing, and, it, and I think it did help Edmonton last year when they finally figured out how to beat the Calgary Stampeders down Highway 2. That was because for years before that, it was like two, three years in a row they couldn't beat them. Yeah, and I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember the last time Winnipeg beat us, and that that kind of scares me. Maybe our guys take them for granted a little bit, but like you said, this is a well-oiled machine. They have no weakness. Their special teams, defense, offense. There's no weaknesses anywhere on the field. They're going to be tough to beat for the rest of the year, so I predict Calgary by three touchdowns. Good stuff, Ed. I appreciate that. And, and Glenn, I, I tell you this. I'm glad they've got the, the Tom Brady uh, here in Calgary, not the uh, Bill Belichick here, because Dave Dickinson is anything but Bill Belichick, although boy, Bill Belichick's a hell, hell of a coach, and so is Dave Dickinson. Yeah, but, boy, has, has Dave been a breath of fresh oh, air. hasn't I, he been? No, and I, and I don't mean that in disrespectfully to the older coaches that have gone, but mm. I'm saying – and it's certainly not John Huffnagel, but I'm saying that Dave understands it's a new world and there will be different types of questions. There will be different type of, of um, you know, access that's necessary. All those things that are sort of the new world in pro sports. And yet he can professionally answer the questions. He's helpful. And then he goes out and coaches, coaches up his team. I He's been fantastic. Great to see him having this success. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I, I, I get this pleasure to spend a half hour with him every Monday night after the Stamps play on the weekend. And, and, and it is refreshing. And as much as I like John, uh, John Huffnagel, and, but Huff was a little more guarded, a little more of that NFL mentality. Uh, uh, Dave is just a straight shooter, and, uh, and more coaches can learn from that because I think it's fantastic. Absolutely. And, and, and believe me, I will use it as examples when we talk in seminars in the offseason about how you know, for, for getting the information that the fan needs, how good Dave is. I, I listen to your segment every week on the, on the Internet, online, uh, with you and Dave, and also your post-game show because I often want to hear Dave's comments after the game and how he felt about things. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's worth tuning into for sure. We do it after every single game when we're in Calgary. Hey, we're out of time. Uh, which games you work in TSN this weekend? I don't get the big game Uh-oh. of the week, and I'm disappointed in that, but I do get a pretty good matchup. BC and a desperate Edmonton team on uh, Friday night, and then on Saturday, Hamilton at Saskatchewan. And I'm really interested to watch this Hamilton team. I, I'm, I'm wondering how good they are, or are we overrating yeah. them in some ways? It's a, it's a great question. Hey, maybe we'll expand on that on Thursday night, because I guess with you working Friday, uh, probably Thursday is the best uh, time for our second yep. segment this week. So we'll touch base and uh, get you on again Thursday night. Sounds great. Thanks, All right. Glenn Suter, our CFL insider for Japanese Village, Calgary's only authentic Japanese steakhouse, a unique, entertaining dining experience. Hey, before we go to break, before we go to news at the bottom of the hour, got a pair of tickets to see the Stamps and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Saturday. Here's the deal. First correct caller that can tell us who is the offensive line coach of the Calgary Stampeders. Who is the offensive line coach of the Calgary Stampeders? First correct caller through 403-974-TALK, 403-974-8255. You've won yourself some tickets to the Stamps and the Bombers on Saturday. This is the home of the Calgary Stampeders, News Talk 770. Sports Talk with Mark and Jock, weekdays at 6 p.m. on News Talk 770 Calgary. 
Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.